Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A funny taste in music with Andrew Bird. Hello. Welcome to a funny taste in music. Uh, I say welcome to, like I'm stood at a door ushering you in to a podcast, but you're, you're here anyway. So the, anyway, here's the next episode. Now, uh, like like discussed, let's keep these intros brief. Yeah, let's keep, let's get into the meat of it. A couple of things though. Tell you who's on it. Jen Brister. Now, Jen Brister, uh, I gig with her loads. She's one of my absolute favourite comedians. Every time I see her do a gig. I kind of remember why I want to be a stand-up. She's just everything about her is funny. Every facial movement, just brilliant. This might sound overly gushing, this praise, but if go and watch her then if you don't believe it. All right. Um, anyway, so uh, and I realised I wanted to get her on because I always get on with Jen. Uh, she has the same sort of uh, cloudy outlook on life as I do. But just as just before we we started recording, I realised I have no idea what music she likes. So this is the first one where I have absolutely no clue what music she's into. Don't even know if she likes music. Nothing. Forgot to ask. So let's see how it goes. Um, now, don't forget to donate to the Patreon page. Now, the Patreon page, what that is, is where you could sort of subscribe, kind of thing, and pay maybe a monthly thing towards the podcast because let's remember i'm a stand-up and uh stand-up uh well my livelihood's gone so this is like you know when people want you to donate for charity and you think how much of the money is actually going to where it should go well let me reassure you any money you donate to the patreon page is going right to me direct into the pocket and going on chocolate wheatos so um so maybe you could think maybe a pound an episode, 50p an episode might be might be all right. If you can't afford it, I understand. Don't worry. Listen away. Enjoy. Come and see me do a gig sometime. So uh, listen to the Spotify playlist that goes along with that. God knows what will be on it because, like I said, I don't know what music Jen likes. But do listen to it. I'm sure it's going to be good. So here we go. Uh, listen to these adverts. Focus on them. Yeah, really focus. Think about whether you want to buy the product and then... Enjoy the episode. A funny taste in music. The interview next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's no intro, oh, Jen. We just sort I of, hate intros. It's one of yeah. them. Don't do oh, yeah. intro, for God's sake. That's And also, don't intro no, in front of me. No, that's the one. Who's the, that one? I really like... Well, he's weird. Barry Katz, in, Industry Insider or something it's called. And he does a good 10, 15-minute, like he's reading Wikipedia word for word. While they're sat there opposite him. Yeah. That's excruciating. Oh God, I'm going to... Don't read my Wikipedia. I've given you a compliment. I've recorded your intro already. Have you? And uh, okay. I, I, was, I was overly complimentary. You won't be comfortable with it. <laughs> um, uh, I won't. But that was done. I kept it, I kept it pretty short. Oh, good. Just... So that's done. So there's no... There's no welcome, gent. Uh, a funny taste in mute. There's none of that. I mean, this is in it. This is it. Is it? Um, okay, good. Yeah, this is it. I know. I uh, I don't I uh, uh, I'm I am worried slightly at how keen you were to do this in some ways because just to uh, don't want to date this podcast you know because it will go down as a classic so you don't want it to you don't want it to date do you but uh, this is in lockdown we can say that lockdown three t- lockdown the revenge what? the worst of the I lockdowns. missed lockdown two what was that I just feel like it's been Everyone's talking about lockdown three. I was like, "What what was lockdown two? Did I miss November?" Oh, November. That's it, right? Okay. Well, that just lockdown three really feels like it just backed onto the end of lockdown two, really, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're merging. But yeah, so this is um, so your homeschooling. Uh, uh, um, We've discussed. You've got two. um, How old are they? Six. Two six-year-olds. Oh shit! So you? Oh, I've got. Oh yeah. Oh, that changes everything. I was going to talk down to you a bit, like mine's harder, but um, could be as hard. I think uh, I've got, I've got. Oh, you sound aggressive already. Yeah, I, I, I was, oh, I was it could be harder. Went, oh. I was just going to go right in there, Andrew, and just yeah. That's absolutely take you fair up, enough. Take you out on the, by the knees. Um, no, absolutely fair. Well, what, what? Here's my argument. I've got a six-year-old, so I can understand already, and a nine-year-old. So I'm. Even professional fucking teachers don't teach a nine-year-old and a six-year-old at the same time. Ones with training. I, I'm going to say you're you're right. It is harder for you, a hundred percent harder. But because my two no. are learning exactly the same stuff, so it's 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 way easier. 
but if I think if I was teaching my six year old and there was another one of him there, that would be a fucking nightmare as well. The whole morning. I don't want to do this. I hate homeschool. You're boring. I want to have a poo. Can I have a snack? It's just that's it for like about four hours. And yeah. it's just, it's hell, really. And I'm not any good at teaching and my children don't respect me. So, you know, uh, other than that, it's, we're, we're nailing it. And there's a bit of me that thinks, do they need to be able to read and write? Could, can we swerve that? Is that, I mean, do we need yeah. it? I don't know. I'm not, well, neither of us are doing it right now. Exactly. So I mean, we've made a career adults. not really... Needing to do that. Yeah, hasn't that come back to bite us in the ass? We thought, God, I didn't bother with education much because I wanted to be a stand-up, didn't need it. And then suddenly you find yourself as a unemployed, unqualified teacher. I know. What? And I yeah. think what was shocking for, I think, every stand-up comedian in the country is to discover that we weren't essential workers. I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, I can't believe this. What? What? We're not necessary in the grand scheme of things. It was a real, it was a real blow, actually, because there was, there was I thinking... Yeah. <laughs> That we were part of the fabric, <laughs> the infrastructure of this of this, of this great, great nation. nation. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I, I didn't realise how insignificant I was <laughs> how, in the grand scheme of things. How completely un, how completely unnecessary we are. Oh well. Yeah. Turns out laughter isn't even medicine. <laughs> it's nothing. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's it's here and it's yeah. gone. Much like our livelihoods. Um, anyway, let's not dwell on this. The, 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 what my worry was, if you're homeschooling, you, you were so keen to do this podcast. I was a bit too keen, wasn't I? And I could sense, no, I could sense it. I could sense it. Well, well that's a, I've carved out a good hour and a bit of me time here. Yeah, I've got a coffee. Be, not doing homeschooling. Oh, my God. My partner, Chloe's yeah. currently homeschooling them. And I can, just as this podcast started, I could hear her screaming at them. And I thought, oh... I'm not. I'm not there, and it just felt really. This feels really good. I'm basically. That's in a the funny. F- and yeah, that's the funny thing as parents as well. You remember before you had kids when you heard a parent screaming and kids screaming? You're like, oh, that's that's very very annoying, very irritating. As I'm trying to have a bit of peace. I'm trying quiet. to read the paper now. I love the sound of other parents shouting, <laughs> and screaming. It's just some like heavy Schadenfreude. As you're like, yeah, it's not just me. It's not you, and it's not you dealing with it. It's like watching someone else at work. You're like, ah, oh, lovely. <laughs> but, I, but you, um, yeah, you said you were well keen to do this, and my sense was, yeah, to just get some time away f- for yourself, which absolutely fair enough. But then I thought, did you did I explain what this is, or did you? Because I sense that if this was a podcast talking about how much, you know, I like Fred West, the serial killer, you'd have gone, yeah, yeah, I'm happy yeah, to come and talk absolutely. about that. Let's think of the top three points. Uh, great facial yeah, hair. Yeah. Um, had had <laughs> yeah. seemingly, seemingly kind eyes. Um, no, I am... Um, King Gardner. <laughs> I, yeah, you did tell me. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm reasonably uh, up to speed. Well, you're the fir- first person on. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's been an absolute barrage of white men. Um <laughs> Uh, what you mean? I'm the first, the first woman on. Is that what you're saying? Uh, you are, the yeah. First woman. Oh my god. The first beige woman. The first leather. I can't believe this. This is groundbreaking well, stuff, not... Andrew. It is on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I um, yeah. I thought I'm going to tick a few in one week. Yeah, you've ticked at least you know, three boxes with me, mate. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, so, but more than that is, I, you're the first person on as well that I've got no idea what music you you like. Like you can sense other, you know, other comedians. Just knowing them, you think, 
oh, a vague idea what you'd be into, you know, you know, just by what coat they wear. You've got an idea what music Ben Norris listens yeah. to by looking or at Or Marcus Birdman. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got you've got an idea. Or Paul McCaffrey. Um, That's pretty much written all over him, isn't it? Yeah. It's written in his the shape of his <laughs> hair. You've got an idea. But you, no idea what you listen to. I've not a clue. Right. I've, and I've never shared a car journey with you. Do you know what? Because after when I got to know you, it was after I was doing shared car journeys. Yeah. Because I was out of London. Yeah. You were in Bista at that point, so there were no shared car journeys. No, so I have no clue okay. what you like whatsoever. Have you had any um, nightmare car journeys, actually, with uh, yeah. at the mercy of other people's music tastes on a comedy um, gig car journey? I am trying to think if I have... I, I can't... I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you one of mine, yeah, actually. I've just thought of one while you're, while you're thinking this... It wasn't that bad. I don't know why it annoyed me so much, but there was someone, the person, this isn't a bad taste in music. It was the person in the back was doing my head in that he put on the best of Blur, right? Fair enough. Not That's that's good. Blur are good. But the bloke in the back, I can't remember his name now, every fucking song after it, he'd go, oh, is that Blur? That's the best of Blur, mate. It's the best of Blur. We're not doing this for 18 songs, are we? Yeah, Every that song. would really get on my tits as well. This isn't Blur, is it? It's the f- I'll show you the CD <laughs> case. It's here. Right, after this, you've got Every to tell me song. who that is. You've got to... I can't think of... I don't think you'd even know him. I don't even know if he's doing it anymore. I, I can't think what his I name was. I can't even remember the last it's time I had a shared car journey tenant? with someone that I didn't know. Like, I think it's been at least yeah, f- that's how long 15 ago it was. years. I can't think. And that... That's the thing about stand-up people. People don't. It's a funny thing when you do shared car journeys. You got a gig in Plymouth on a Tuesday. This is the driver's email and phone number, or you're the driver, and they're going to email and ring yeah. you. And you're going to share a lift with a complete stranger for four and a half hours there, four and a half hours back. It's what other jobs do you do that? <laughs> weird. It's a weird thing. I tell you- and then, it, it, it's, but yeah. I tell you what, it could be sometimes it could be absolutely brilliant because you'd make a friend for life. You could be like this yeah, person, exactly. you, you, and also sometimes the gig you turn up. You've done that gig in Plymouth. I, if, if I'm thinking about the, the gig that you're talking about, you turn up and it's an absolute horror show, and you just yeah. you both have a terrible time, and so you bond. Okay, or yeah. you're stuck in a car with a complete prick, and it's hell on fucking earth. Because you yeah. know you've got to drive back with this asshole, um, and I know I've been and I've spoken to uh, a couple of mates about this, but I know several comedians that have uh, got a B and B or or got a mega bus home rather than get back in the car <laughs> with the person driving them there because they hated them so much. It can it, it can be that bad. Oh, I've never I haven't heard anyone. Who's oh done well, that. I know, you know I, I know hear? Maureen Younger did it. She told me. Uh, I'm not going to say who God. it was, but she she God got a mega bus back from Wales <laughs> rather than get in the car. But what did they? What did she say? Maureen's to tolerance is low. What? It's low. It's very low. Yeah, I respect. Her for I do. That. As well. But what did she say to the person? I'm going to get a mega bus. She home. said, "Oh, I've decided I'm going to stay with friends." <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That's fair enough. That's good. Oh, um, I had. I had. Oh, I think the worst car journey I had home that made me learn to drive. <laughs> I had a car journey <laughs> from South East London on a Friday to Alexander's Chester. Oh, 
Friday. That's a nightmare journey. Five hours from southeast London as well. So you've got to go right through London. And no music on the way there. Now, I'll tell you who this was after. Um, Carl Parker. Um, (laughs) um, He... um, he, he just like I really like Cole, but he's always got a drama. He, has he just broken up with his partner, with his wife? He had, yeah, yeah. He had just, but how would you know? Because that? every story about Cole is just after he broke up with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his wife; it was or a girlfriend, girlfriend. Or whatever it was. It was a, a long, long time, time ago. Oh, it, this was years ago, and he basically was a, not, a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, he'd uh, he'd split with her. This was the Friday. He'd split with her on the Tuesday, which she dumped him on the Tuesday. I was going to say, she dumped his... him, didn't I thought that, yeah. Well, I could have been a different one. No, no. But she dumped yeah, she him, did dump him on yeah. his birthday. Oh, oh, my God. So it might be a different one. So it was on his birthday. And uh, so we're driving to Chester. So it was complete silence the whole journey. No music. Didn't put any music on. You... And the rule is, when someone's driving their car, they're driving, you can't put music on. You can, that's a big move, isn't it, to just turn their radio on? Yeah, you on. can't see that. So so silence the whole way there. And every now and again, he just kept breaking out into a bit of material. It'd be silence, and he'd go, this date's it. He'd go, thing about President Bush. Oh, no. He'd be like, he'd be like what, what? We weren't talking about that, were we? Then he'd suddenly go, my granddad's so racist. I'd be like, what? <laughs> and then and then we got to the gig and then he'd done all that material on stage he must have known i'm at the back of the room and he's just said all of it in the car it's a weirdest thing and then the way back so weird when comedians do material in front of other comedians but don't cap by saying i, I don't mind if someone goes this is a new bit i don't what do you think of this even that i can't stand but i'll go with it but just to go <laughs> just to go into a bit of material as if you're having a conversation is is that is unforgivable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. But it was blatant as well. It was just out of nowhere and it, it was like delivered like material, not even sort of hidden. When people hide it in conversation, all right, all right, it's annoying when you see them do it on stage, you feel used. Like, you, duh, you did that on yes. me. Um, but he didn't even attempt to hide it. He just did it at me. Like he was just using me to just go through his stuff on the way there. Silence. And he'd just suddenly break out into, you know, just some observation. And then um, he does the gig. Gigs are, you know, it was the Alexander's in the old days. So it was quite hard. And then we drive home. And then the opposite on the way home, he keeps ringing his girlfriend. Right. And that, this I is before that... hands free and Bluetooth. Oh, so he was He's actually on the her. phone with her? Driving, oh, ringing her. God arguing, arguing and shouting and hanging up, throwing his phone in, like on the floor in the footwell and then having to try and retrieve it while driving and then ringing her back and then every now and again and he had like tears streaming down his face and he'd say to me, he'd go, she, she said this, what do you think she means by this? I'd be like, I, f- I don't oh, know mate. her. I don't, I've only just met you. I have no idea. Oh, mate. And then we, and we got to um, uh, London, Trafalgar Square and he said... Uh, where do you live? Streatham Hill. I'll drop you in Streatham. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm happy to get, <laughs> I'll get out. I'll get a bus. And I uh, book driving lessons on Monday. Oh, there is. There's always. A, I mean, the day I the day I could drive and I didn't have to get in the car with anyone else was such a heady day. Uh, and and and, oh. and I could literally just say, oh, um, I can't give them a lift because I'm driving. I used to make it up. I'm driving from Eastbourne because I'm. I'd be just. I'm not. <laughs> wherever you think I am, I'm not there. So sorry. They have to find their own way. I yeah. don't want to have to make small talk with a stranger in my car. Um, but 
There's only, there's one story that I think it, I think it was Nick Doody told me this that he was in a car. I think it was Nick. He was in a car journey. At, actually, was it you? It might have been you. It was either you or Nick. So I might be telling you your story back to you. And the person. Might not be, I hope it's not about me. It's not about oh, it you. No, no, story. no, no. Okay. This comedian um, spent the entire journey on the way back from the gig. So on the way to the gig, didn't speak at all. Like no conversation, no right. radio, silence, no conversation. Very awkward. The other comedian trying to do small talk. This comedian's going, no, I'm not doing it. Then on the way back, he had recorded his um, uh, gig <laughs> on uh, his mobile phone and then played no, it back. I've not heard this story. <laughs> played, it, played it back in the car with the <laughs> to listen to it. Oh, the gig that they'd literally God. just done, played it back in the car, and I was like, I've, I've I cannot. Ne- I've never heard that. Even imagine oh, how. I just make my whole body shudder. I've just physically I, shuddered at that. Yeah, it just that made me feel. I think I dry retched when I heard it. I was like, oh no, that is too much. That's a uh, listening to yourself on stage is absolutely excruciating on your own. Uh, on my own, and and the shame I feel listening to myself back. Yeah. Listening to my own stupid fucking jokes. I, I, I just, yeah. you know, and all of the, you know, you, the, the ticks that you don't know that you've got. You go, do, yeah. how often do I say, um, I mean, what kind of bell end am I? And then yeah. having to listen to that back is nothing worse. But to then play it in the car with another comedian who you know doesn't want to hear the sound of you or they've just seen you or have deliberately yeah. not seen you. Um, because they've gone yeah. to the stayed in the green room. Yeah, that's 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 quite some. Yeah, what what thought process is it where you think? Well, they're, they're sure they'd want to be on in on this. They might have some things to add. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, so you um uh so alone so alone then in a car. If you had a a car journey for a gig, I know it seems like a heady dream now, but what would be one of your go to? Music. Do you listen to music or podcast? Um, I listen to a lot. About, oh God, can, I, do, I can hear can the homeschooling. Home and and as I say, I am delighted it's not me. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I, I can really hear that as well. Um, I listen to both. Uh, I I now listen to a lot more podcasts in the car just because they. Yeah. Um, I find they make the journey go a lot quicker and they just transport me. But I do listen to a lot of music. What do I listen to? I mean, now that we've got streaming, I mean, it could be anything. It's like a, it's a heady day on with Spotify. So, yeah. um, but what I'm listening to a lot of, I'm listening to Phoebe Bridges at the moment. Um, I'm listening to a lot of her. I think she's amazing. Um, I, oh, I, I don't also, know who that is. You don't know who Phoebe Bridges is? Oh, I should, I should say from the start, don't, don't go thinking that, you know, I'm so, like, you know, I'm some kind of music expert. I, I have a very narrow <laughs> uh, taste in music that I'm ex- obsessive about, and I need to widen it a what, bit. What's so your just feel comfortable? I'm not an expert. No, here. that's okay. What's what's your what's your um what's your uh, very narrow a, niche of music that you're really into? Have a have a few guesses. It'll be fun for you um, to guess. I think you'll I think you'll nail it. Oh God, I don't know. Some sort of Brit pop stuff, is it? <laughs> there you go. Uh, You've done so, it. Was and it? It was it was the disdain in your voice that I liked. <laughs> was, oh, some kind of Brit pop. Was it like pop? you sound like that sounded like acceptable racial stereotyping? <laughs> what you just did there? Well, it would be, it'd be, uh, I bet you like some kind of Brit pop. <laughs> am I wrong? No, I am right. Yeah, 
dirty white male in your 40s. Uh, Ugh, Britpop. Oh, you're all kind of blue tones. We're all the same. Bl- uh, blur pulp. There you go. There you go. Right. Yeah, you've known I, it. I so. like all that, by the way, and I listened to all of that in the 90s, and then I moved on, but there we are. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may, I'll tell you what, as you say that, I remember seeing, when I was younger, seeing older men, like in their 40s and 50s, with like, say, like Paul Weller haircuts and dressed like mods, and thinking, look, look at them, look at them losers. And now I really respect them, and if anything, I am one. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> now I understand. Now I understand. They're not losers. They're holding on to a dream. They're holding on to a dream. They're holding on to also. I think it's quite a tribal thing with men. It's like this is the music I listen to. These were my mates when I when I listened to this music. This is the beer I yeah. used to drink. These are the good times I had, and I'm not giving them up for anyone. Whereas oh, you've just absolutely nailed it in a sentence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas don't you think women do no, that? Women as much? are like I like that music then, but I've sort of grown up a bit, and now I like this music. <laughs> Well, how fucking cool of you all. <laughs> I'm making such a huge generalisation because that's not even true. My girlfriend liked Pearl Jam in the 90s and let me tell you, she still likes Pearl Jam now. Uh, so that's not true. Hey, what did you say? Girlfriend? Yeah, we're not married. Oh, oh, you're a, oh I didn't know you were... Living know, in what, sin. <laughs> Is there any way for us not to be living in sin, to be honest, Andrew? Yeah. Um, as, a, as a raging Catholic... <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I, well, um, I mean, it would be funny if pop it in there. But um, so, what? Sorry, what did you say? Your your girlfriend listened to Pearl Jam. Yeah, she loves Pearl Jam. Absolutely oh. loves it, um, and still does. And so, I had bought her. Obviously, it didn't happen because of Corona. But last summer, we were supposed to go to Hyde Park and go and see Pearl Jam. I mean, that 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 would be her ideal gig is just to see well just to see eddie vedder really because she really fancies him still i mean he i don't get it because he's like about four foot four foot high and um he's in his 50s now but anyway she's still into it so um but i i have a much broader i would say palette can i say that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think you should (laughs) if you've got a broader palette you should use the word palette i think you're allowed to (laughs) oh my god what an absolute prick um But I just, I do, I listen to a lot of different types of music, so I don't have a particular, I listen to a lot of, um, like, old school soul. I love Marvin Gaye. Um, I, lo- I love, like, the hip-hop I like is is where I, I have stayed very much in the 90s and the 80s. I really like 80s hip-hop the best, because that's when I got into hip-hop, so I haven't really moved on. But other than that, I listen to all kinds of, like, lots of indie and um, Americana. Wow, you... You have got a palette. You've just gone. You've just gone. Uh, you went. Where did you go then? You went soul to hip hop to all over the place. Then that was my um my what my it's funny because my wife. You know my you've met. I my love wife your a few wife, times. and you She's know Slovakian. That. Yes, I think you might love her more Maybe. than me. Um, um, at the moment, that would not be my <laughs> tough times. Um, uh, but uh, she she really she's really got into soul because she's Slovakian. Real English music, stuff that, you know, they get the real massive commercial stuff, but that's very English, sort of, that old Northern Soul music. Yeah. Um, that's very, She's really got into Northern Has Soul. Has she? That's um, a, yeah, yeah, she absolutely loves Well, there's so it. much to get through. There is. There is. Well, and then there was an end point, and that's why Northern Soul ended, wasn't it? Because it all started to go a bit disco. Yeah, well, but, I mean, um, everything went a bit disco then, though, didn't it? But it has... Uh, it's yeah. still... They're still, like, Northern Soul nights, isn't there? I mean, like, people still really yeah. just love that. 
uh, era and and and, uh, and also that's got a look as well, hasn't it? People that like northern songs. I was, I was about to say there's some looks for music that um, you know look a bit ridiculous after a while. Some have come back like Britpop. That look I can see now. Those massive, massive oversized Ralph Lauren shirts and all of that looks ridiculous now, but. Northern Soul, I can't, I can't handle those flares and a white vest. I there's something about that makes me deeply uncomfortable. It's like when you see someone in their dressing gown and slippers outside smoking. It makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A white vest and flares. There's something tight vest and then massive flares. Bell bottoms, you mean? Yeah, yeah like, because they were bottoms. always tight at the top and then flared at the bottom. Yeah. Ah, oh, I don't know what. It's if you've got the hips, Andrew, look. if you've got the hips, why the hell not? That's a good point. Fair enough. Fair. And if you can, but what completely, no matter how bad I think that looks, that look as a look, when they dance, you think, well, you can wear what you want. If you can dance like if that. If you can move like enough. that, mate, you get those bell bottoms on. I will avert my yeah. gaze from the waist down, but you get those. <laughs> 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 but um, you worked in radio. That's maybe why I thought. She'll know about music. You worked in radio for a while. I did. I did. Um, just, I mean, very briefly. I was, I was uh, uh, sort of uh, covering a lot of different shifts on Six Music. So um, I did the weekend breakfast show and I did like a late night week show, Monday to Friday, that was like a four hour show. Uh, and I did, um, I would, and then they would get me in to sort of cover like a Lauren Laverne's away for three weeks. Can you cover Lauren Laverne or whatever? So I would do a lot of covering of, of different spots. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, yes, I remember. Do you feel like, yeah, sorry. Do you feel like you need, need to know much about music to do that? Do you, can you just blag it on the radio? Because th- I've never done much radio. I think for six music, you can't really blag it too much. You have to, ha- you have to oh, have yeah. a base of knowledge of music because the people that are listening to oh, it are nerdoids. Sorry. What was that lovely beeping oh, yeah, sound, that, Andrew? That's kind of... Sorry, that was my... Uh, I've got an alarm for my nine-year-old son to make sure he goes for a wee every two hours. <laughs> oh, does he, does he hold it? <laughs> yeah. They fucking do. You're not, your six-year-old's not doing that. Your boy's um, not doing that. My, they just they don't they just don't go to the toilet. And then suddenly they you go to the toilet and they're smashing the door down because <laughs> they can hear it. And they're like, I need to go. Yeah. So I've got. Sorry, my alarm's gone off on my phone to remind me to get my son to go for a wee. They, um, they went through in the f- midst of you talking about radio. They six, went through a phase of music, that, but they are doing it. I mean, yeah. what one of them is doing at the moment is waking up in the middle of the night and sort of sleep pissing. So he'll wake up and just go for a piss next to his bed. So I don't know oh. if you've ever tried to get urine out of the carpet, but uh, we're struggling yeah. and we've we've actually now come to the conclusion that we need to buy a new carpet. So <laughs> because oh, it's got the that smell of piss. I, honestly, we've got this... You can buy piss neutralizing spray or you can put baking powder apparently on it you we've done everything yeah. i mean it's it's had coats and coats of whatever the hell is out there and it just still stinks of human piss uh, so that's in fact i can actually every now and again if i just tilt my head i can yeah i can smell it there we go <laughs> oh god there it is you kind of get used to that but you're gonna have other people come in your house that are not oh we had a accustomed to it had somebody come into our house yesterday actually to measure a wardrobe because we're having a wardrobe put in anyways it's too much information it's not even interesting but anyway it, it, we were both i said to close should we mention the smell of piss do we do should we mention oh, that we are we're aware of it 
And Claire was like, I don't know, what's the etiquette? Because the house stinks of piss. Yeah. So when he comes in, it was, it was almost like, oh, well, <laughs> the children keep pissing. <laughs> it's not that us. Awesome, we... And then he's yeah. like looking at us going, what are you talking about? And I'm like, can you not smell the... I, th- I was like, maybe he can't smell the piss. Anyway, this was the whole conversation that we were having and I don't know whether he was aware of it. It, was just it, uh, it sounds like you're going to get to the point where you're literally holding a gas man's head to the carpet going, you must be able to smell that piss. It's just, it's relentless. Non-stop. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, it, is a, it is a musty smell that won't go in it. Um, anyway, so that, yeah, that was the piss alarm going <laughs> to avoid that kind of thing. Um, so you uh, so yeah so you worked in radio but um, here's the here's the standard question just to kind of just to kind of place roughly what kind of music you might be into as well uh, if you don't mind saying what year was it when you were 15 that sort of roughly places what era you might be into 1990 1990 you were about 15 yeah i was 15 you could have been like happy monday stone roses i was stone roses mate i don't know what accent that was yeah yeah i had a stone i bought the stone roses uh album and i listened to that album uh like i don't i mean uh, yeah i just burnt through that i i uh that was back to back. I was listening to that. I think I was also listening to Guns N' Roses at the same time. So I had Guns N' wow. Roses, but I ditched Guns N' Roses quite early on. But Stone Roses, I clung on to uh, for quite a long until um, until quite recently. And when I think Ian Brown started talking, and I was like, "Oh, do you know what? I'm I'm done now." So um, <laughs> really, uh, what did he say? I think- I think he's been saying some just stupid shit recently, hasn't he, about conspiracy. Yeah, he's a conspiracy theorist and a a nutter. Yeah, but come on, think about the amount of pot they've smoked. I mean, to be honest, I always thought, you know, I I always thought the Stone Roses were a cocky bunch of pricks, but I I did that album, what is for me a seminal album, and that I just have to hear that, or or Pablo Honey by Radiohead, and then I I am instantaneously back into my um, teenage years, yeah. But Radiohead nice. was a bit yeah, later. This... I think that I think I must have been about eighteen when or seventeen when that came out. I had Radiohead. I've said before. Radiohead's kind of not ruined, but took me a while to get into them because of my brother was so into them. Oh, did that put he you was off? Obsessive. Yeah, you know when someone's so into, you share a house with someone who your brother or housemate who just pushes them too much. He he was just relentless because I was into Oasis. So he was like, yeah, but this is like, that's just like three chords and Radiohead. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the radio, Radiohead's a bit of that, isn't it? But once you get past that, you're like, all right, fair enough. I mean, some of their songs are uh, it's undeniable. Oh, uh, fake, fake plastic, plastic. trees. Oh, yeah, what, what an absolute. I think that's what got me into blind. Them. I mean, that whole album, The Benz, is just incredible as well. I mean, I love that album yeah. as well. But Pablo Honey is the one that, Reminds me of being a teenager. I think pl- Fake Plastic Trees must have come out when I was, I don't know, 20 or something or 90. I can't even remember. But um, I was also listening... I'll tell you the other, uh, uh, the, other, the other band that I think and I was obsessed about uh, about this time as well, maybe a, little bit, maybe a little bit after The Stone Roses, was The Wonder Stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I was absolutely... I loved The Wonder Stuff. And my brothers were really into, and I, I know, like there was a crossover of music that that sort of um, there was a 
Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Do you remember them? You might be a bit too no. young. Okay, so Carter, yeah, the Unstoppable no, Sex Machine, my brothers, they they went to, to like every gig that was in London. They went to, uh, if, if there was a festival and they were on, they would just go and watch Carter. And Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, may be one of the worst bands that ever existed. They are terrible and i've never even heard well, of them just, how have i not heard that when, name when when this is over go, just get on spotify and have a little listen or whatever or you can find it on youtube um that i just i hated carter the unstoppable sex machine but i tell you what i felt i was missing out on because my brothers really bonded on how much they loved it and there were yeah. the people that loved carter the unstoppable sex machine were obsessive and they had this like real kind of little community of people that were really into it uh and I felt slightly jealous that I couldn't sort of join in and go, yeah, let's go to the... Because literally the second a song was playing, I was like, turn this shit off! You know, um, <laughs> but but that was... The Wonder Stuff was the first sort of band where my brothers and I sort of bonded a bit. Because I'm, I'm just not that much older, but I'm a little bit older than them. So, uh, And we went to see them live a few times at Brixton Academy and various other places. And... Uh, where did you grow up then? That you, London was quite handy for you. Um, we were in gigs. Kingston, so getting to Brixton was easy. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah it was really easy well, to get. Not easy, that, but well, I mean, it's um, like a train to Vauxhall, and then yeah, Victoria Line. To yeah. Me. Anyway, look, oh, it was so easy. You, get, you went to see quite a few gigs then when you were a teenager. Yeah, I went to see. Yeah, I saw the one stuff uh, quite a few times, and uh, I saw who else did I see? God, I'm just trying to remember the Sundays at the Town and Country Club when that's now the forum in Kentish Town, it was the Town and Country Club then. And I went to see, like, loads of bands that just don't exist anymore uh, or aren't really going. I'm just trying to... The, what's the name of that hip-hop band that doesn't isn't going anymore? I, saw, I can't... There was also other stuff that I went to see, like Osric Tentacles and The Levelers wow. and stuff, bands like that, that are just not around anymore. There's loads that I ain't heard of. I've got to say, every time you said Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, it sounded... Carter USM. Like, it, yeah, there you go. It sounded like just such an effort to set... Who agreed on that name? I mean... Who said, do you think that's catchy enough? And they went, yeah, 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 that's not going to be annoying to say. Oh, well, I mean, imagine having a brother with a T-shirt that had that on that. You just look. Is, does your, is your brother called? Is he called Carter? No, that he's not called. He doesn't think he's an unstoppable sex. Look at him. Does he look oh, like an unstoppable sex machine? Look at that. Look at that zitty skinny twat. Does he look like an unstoppable? <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you as an absolute fact. There's absolutely no one going in this <laughs> except him. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm by. I'm by the door. I'm very close. He is very much stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's on his own, and then actually he is unstoppable. Yeah. So in some ways it were true. Yeah. He's he's unstoppable in there. <laughs> <laughs> we all are at a certain yeah, age, but yeah. um, I wouldn't have had a t-shirt. I mean, people used to say, "Oh, you girls um, get through the toilet roll." I was like, "Is it me? Is it? I don't know." <laughs> How many brothers did you have? Well, I've still got three. Three. Man, still got yeah, um, three. I didn't know yet. I see that. I feel like I've I've known you a long time and gig with you a lot, and it's dawned on me I know nothing about you. You're a closed oh, book, probably because when we get to gigs, we all we moan. talk about is moan about the yeah. gig or something about the gig on well, some level. There's usually something um, about the gig on some level, which is, I mean, the last gig you and I did together was in a car park. Oh yeah, but we were absolutely delighted. Well, as we said, that was our first gig 
uh, after lockdown one. Um, that was our first gig back. We hadn't uh, done a gig in four we were, months, was, had we, or something like that? So. Yeah. And there was a point where we were sat in some awful um, sort of gazebo thing, in a literally in a car park, a big sort of open, really uninspiring car park in Northampton at the back of the rugby ground. And, um, and we were sat in there on horrible chairs just going, this is <laughs> just <laughs> That's the most upbeat you and I have ever been at a gig. Yeah, but it, yeah, it took four months in a pandemic <laughs> for me and you to be slightly chipper. Um <laughs> Before a gig, but it was uh, but we were mainly chipper about me and you just sat there slagging away off. from our house. Oh, yeah, slagging off Whoever. homeschooling our own children. Yeah. Little did we know that that would be happening <laughs> oh, again. God. That's what broke me the most at the start of this lockdown. I was like, what? I've done that. No, no, I did that. I did, I've got that in the pocket to moan about. I don't expect to have to do it again. I know, um, but yeah, and for longer, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we did. We did that gig, so I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you have three brothers. So you must have. Uh, you must. Have, I mean, usually I ask about what was your parents' taste in music, but you must have had constant your brothers, three boys in a house. Yeah, I was just trying to think about what other stuff they listened to. But there was a lot of crossover. But they also listened to music I didn't. They that they would have listened to stuff I can't remember, like the Blue Tones, and uh, they were listening to. Um, uh, other kind of there was this the Brit the Brit pop that they listened to it was never they, they they liked Oasis as well but there was they were always listening to sort of more peripheral stuff that I was like who the who the flickety fuck is this oh, yeah. um so it was quite good because we would introduce music to each other but they always used to moan that my music was really depressing because I used to like Radiohead and I, I when I was like 13 or 14 I really liked Tracy Chapman and they were like oh Tracy Chapman's so depressing um <laughs> And I loved, and I still love Tracy Chapman. I don't think she's depressing at all. Um, so we did we did influence each other's music quite a bit, and there was a lot of crossover. And my my youngest brother Steve used to really love kind of Stevie. Uh, he really got me into Stevie Wonder because he loved Stevie Wonder and he loved Shuggy Otis and he 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 loved sort of a lot of sixties um, soul. Like he loved Motown, so he got I, I got. He sort of introduced me to Marvin Gaye because he loved Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, and then I kind of got into Marvin Gaye that way. Um, and I and I absolutely am obsessive about Marvin Gaye. I think he's one of the most incredible um, soul singers of that exist, basically. Oh, that's um, so we did. We really influenced each other, and and because we're really close in age, it, it meant that um, we shared each other's music, and so we all had a quite a big. Because at the time, you know, we, no one's streaming music. He's Whatever you had in your CD no. collection or your vinyl collection, that's that's just what you had, wasn't it? There was nothing else. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. It's funny that yeah, you remember you this music still that I listen to now that still reminds me of one of my brothers. He was I had the two extremes. I had one brother that still is a massive music pusher and was then like proper like he. This sums him up. I my first MP3 player, right? My first one. I didn't have a laptop. I had no idea how you uploaded music. No, still don't now, to be honest. But so I said to him, I don't know how to put any music on. I don't know how to do it. I gave him my album collection, my CDs <laughs> and my MP3 player. And he gave me my MP3 player back. And I swear to you, I probably recognised two albums on it. He put his, he put all of his own albums on it. Oh, man. I mean, that's, that is that's 
What a pusher. That is a real pusher. Because I would have done something a little bit like that, but I would have put like all of your music on and then I would have snuck a couple of my albums in and gone, why don't you have a little listen to this and see if you like it? Fair enough. Fair enough. A couple. Fair enough. Honestly, exclusively his. Yeah, that, that's unless hardcore. it was unless I had the same album, there was nothing of mine on it. That is hardcore. unbelievable. He, um, but so he's an extreme. And as when we were younger, he was proper. He was like Nirvana. Oh, I love um, Nirvana. God, you right now. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I love Nirvana. But I was I was about sort of I can't remember what age I was when he was. What was when did Kurt Cobain die? Was it ninety one or ninety two? I had tickets to the gig. They were supposed to be. Coming to Brick, they were, I had gig uh, tickets to see Nirvana at Brixton Academy, and this was in I think, oh, because when we found out that he died, I think I was at Glastonbury. This was nineteen ninety four. Is it ninety one? Ninety four. He didn't die in nineteen ninety one, did he? He can't have because I had tickets. No, it's ni- uh, ninety four. He died. I'm pretty sure because that's when I had we'll, tickets. We'll drop it in. Drop it in. We sound like we both sound like we know nothing about music now. But um, you had tickets to see them. I had them. tickets to see them. They're, they're, the gig, the gig that they were supposed to do, and then he killed himself. And then, so I had a ticket. Yeah, he died fifth of April, nineteen ninety four, and I was due to see him in like June or something at Brixton Academy. And I had a ticket, um, and you, they were like, "Oh, you can keep the ticket if you want," because this was the last gig that they was the gig that they were supposed to do. Or whatever, or you can get your money yeah. back. And I was like, "Well, why do I want a ticket for a gig that never happened? <laughs> I'll have my money back, please." But I know a load of people kept the ticket, so I don't understand why. I mean, I could understand if you'd gone to see them, and that was like, "Oh, that reminds me of that mass amazing gig where we went to see Nirvana." But for a gig that never happened, I was like, also, I was eighteen or nineteen, and I, I thought I, I could really do with that money back, actually. I mean, I'm skinned. Hang on, surely they could let you have the money back and keep the ticket. It's not like you're going to try and sneak into a gig that's not happening. I think I, I can't. I can't remember what happened. The they did it because they didn't, or well, they hadn't sent, sent the tickets out or something. I can't even fucking oh. remember what it was. But my mate kept her ticket, and I had to send mine back to get my money back or something because it wasn't done on on the internet. There was no internet. Oh, of course. So to get your oh, money yeah. back, you had to give the ticket back. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't like. That's what I've not. I've, I've never even considered. I remembered that. I had I to send it that back. Yeah, yeah, to get my money back. So oh, and then they sent it. You, but how much would that be worth now? Have you thought of that? A ticket for, for a gig that didn't happen. I would imagine nothing. Yeah, but after he'd after he'd died, surely that for music geeks that'd be worth something. <sighs> Maybe, but I mean, someone would buy that. Prick. I mean, for more than face value. But yeah. I don't know what it says. <laughs> Eleven pounds. I don't know what it says about me that. We're talking about one of the most iconic musicians of all time committing suicide, and all I was thinking while you were saying that was, "Did well, did you get your money back?" What was the refund <laughs> policy on that? That's awful. <laughs> I know it was. I was. I was just also because it happened. You know, I was nineteen when it happened, and it it just. I remember thinking it didn't really make any sense to me. The whole time, I just couldn't understand why he'd killed himself. Because I was nineteen and I was really, you know, just naive and a bit of a bit of a twat. But it was like, but I was like, he's what? so successful. I mean, he's everything he wants is happening. They're the biggest, one of the biggest bands yeah. in the world. And you know, I just his suicide to me. I mean, obviously now I can completely understand why he did it. But at, at the time, I just thought I was like, <laughs> I'm like, no fucking clue. Now I'm like, oh my god, all that, you know, no one gets what you're doing. Isn't all that pressure and you know, you're producing 
work that people continue to misunderstand over and over again and you're depressed and whatever. Okay, I can see how you got there. But at 19, I was like, I just don't get it. And I, I, I actually remember feeling quite angry. <laughs> I don't know if that surprised <laughs> you. I was like, oh, God, how, how can someone kill themselves when they've got everything? You know, but... Um, oh, oh, yeah. And I've booked to see also, them. I've, I've got a ticket. <laughs> he must have known the ticket sales. He knew Brixton was sold it had, out. It was in the diary. Hmm? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've had I've had gigs that are not selling well that have made me consider it. But um, uh, yeah, we all, I've had Edinburgh but, festivals where I thought, wow, I could just. It'd be easier. Save, save the train journey home as yeah, well. Save the humiliation of another Saturday yeah. night with three people in. Yeah, yeah, but it sold out Brixton Academy. Um, yeah, I, do, but I, do, I doubt. Yeah. I doubt if that crossed his mind. I think he, as he I, was, I think let's not be flippant about suicide. I think he had other things on his mind. Yeah, I um, yeah, I absolutely uh, loved Nirvana. That was the first because uh, I was I can't remember how old I, I would have been then. When was it? Did you say ninety? Well, he 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 died he died in in ninety four. But I guess they were probably at their peak in ninety one. Yeah, but I was I got into them at ninety four because of my brothers. Well, my brother and his mates. And I remember them explaining lyrics to me like they knew, like they understood what it meant. Oh, come, uh, take your time, hurry up, that yeah. bit. They were like, well, what that means is, I'm like, oh. now when I look back on it, they were like 14 or 15 <laughs> trying to tell me what Kurt Cobain meant. Yeah, that's um, why he killed himself, because there's 14. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, that was in, in a way, that kind of was. But... um uh no, but I that's that was a thing. I thought that because all music then before that, my brother played REM. On oh, I loved REM. Radio, oh my god! Yeah, yes, REM. radio, uh, radio tape player, alarm clock. I had all of that going on. That was like your first iPod. Um, I remember having a tape it, cassette recorder that was my own, and it was just the and it was a double one, a double, so you could record tape to tape. No, I, I just couldn't dream. even that believe a, that technology existed. It was just blew my mind. That was the first streaming, wasn't it? Um, that so we, we mean I thought that was complete until I got with Katka, my now wife. I thought that was completely normal that you went to bed listening to music. I went to bed me listening my to brother, music every night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was normal every night. Me and my brother, we shared a room. I should say that um, uh, bunk beds. Um, <laughs> uh, we went. We went to bed listening to REM every night for ages. Probably that's why it seeped into my brain, just music constant. And um, and it, I went from that to Nirvana. So I thought, like, Americans make music, and then we have whatever we are, E17, and <laughs> stuff like that. We've got great so music. So it's Americans who make, who make music. And I didn't realise until, like, you know, and then Britpop happened. You're like, oh, no, we make it as well, look. It's kind of what happened, but um, yeah. So, so you, yeah, you had. When I think about your teenage years, that was good. You had Stone Roses, Nirvana. Yeah, that was brilliant. I, I, I loved REM as well. I thought they were amazing, and yeah, there was. It was a you know, it was a heady days back in the early nineties. Really fantastic music. There is now. It's yeah. just. I, I think in the nineties, there were just particular bands that that could get you know that were huge. And so became, uh, I don't know, they just, they became the anthems of that decade. Whereas I think now, I, I, I don't know what music you would say does that for the last couple of decades. 
I don't know. I mean, and also there weren't, there wasn't the, there wasn't as, I mean, we had Stock Aiken and Waterman in the 80s, but other than that, there wasn't like the same kind of amount of, I don't know, synthy poppy shit that we get now, which is just seems to like, I, I can't even listen to any sort of heart FM or any of that because I'm like, what? The, it, that kind of music makes me just viscerally angry. Um, yeah. So it just, because every single song sounds exactly the same. And I know I sound like an old woman saying that, but I just don't understand it. Um, but I just feel like there was a bit, there was, yeah, I don't know. There just seemed to be more um, music that you could get behind. But they also became yeah. really big bands and then you would be able to follow them and go and see them live. Whereas now I just, I don't know. You find out who you like and... Uh, just the way the music industry is now it's so much harder for musicians to make a living out of what they do that uh because people aren't buying music they're streaming it i you don't get these big bands like you used to because people aren't making any money out of it which is really sad yeah they have to they have to tour their asses i mean i I just i really the music industry was always such a fucked up uh, it was it was always so fucked up, you know. Music labels were, were destroying um, bands, you know, by 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 basically like you know fucking anally bumming them for all of their money. And now it's I feel like the music industry is eating itself with with the advent of Spotify and all things like that. So now I do that's why I do try to keep buying music. I will go and buy a lot of vinyl and and good to hear if, if, if there's a band or if there's an artist I, i'm like i really like them i know i can stream their music from on spotify i pay for that uh but i know spotify's getting all my money and the artist isn't so i will go out and buy their music because i just feel like so what this is what i like to hear jen oh i just you know i'm just a really good person andrew i just that's who i am this is what we usually discuss before a gig as well yeah this this is uh how uh how condescendingly I try to be a good person as well. When I'm in Brighton, where you live, um, there's uh, the what they called the pretentious streets that people walk down the with lanes. Market. <laughs> the lanes. Um, <laughs> I like to walk down there. There's a record shop there, right? Not only that, not only do I go in there, they have um, when people send them their demos and their albums that, that they send to record shops for free, they have them on the counter for a pound. So an album like some unknown bands have sent. You get, I think it was, you get three for two pound of like unknown really? bands. Really? Where's this? In that, uh, what's that record? I don't know what the record Resident. shop's called. On what? Yes, that's it. Yeah. In there, I did, last time I was there, it wasn't there. But the time before, there was like a box, like a lucky dip of albums. I've never seen that. And I've been in Resident and so I, many times. And maybe I've just never noticed it. But because um, I tend to go in I and what? go, I'm just going to look here and then I get out because I often don't have a lot of time. But. That's a brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Oh, I, f- I felt all like, you know, really, really... Uh, oh, I bet you just came really out. like a proper music fan. And I put them on. And one of them was brilliant. One of the albums, was, uh, all, the, all of them were good. But I had no idea what it was, judging it by the album. I bought one of the albums because the cover was funny. It was uh, on the outside, it was two little kids. And on the inside, it was the actual band dressed exactly the same as kids. On the cover, I was like, "Oh, I like that!" So I bought it, <laughs> got it for that, and it was a really good. Do you album. still listen to them? The albums? No, no. <laughs> I've still got them. I've still got them. Um, but uh, yeah, I am. Um, I do you know what I do as well. I'll be honest. This is this is ridiculous. Some albums, I think, 
they come out and I think I would have bought that now because I've got Spotify now. I've only just got it in the last couple of months because of doing this podcast. Um, I've got uh, I would uh, I would choose whether I will go and buy it first before I listen to it on Spotify, depending on how much money I think the band's got. Right. So do they need the money? So Paul McCartney's new album, he's got enough. Oh money. yeah, he's. I don't all need right. to buy his he's album. He's all right. Yeah, don't need to worry about him. There's like a new indie band. It's their second album. I'm going to go buy that. They need the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's their record deal? How much are they getting from the Spotify? Oh, they're Me getting like about free. point 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 zero one of a penny every time you play it. I mean, it's appalling the deal that artists get on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, don't quote me on that. I've you know, made that figure up, but I feel like it's about right. That sounds spot on to me. So, Paul McCartney, I'm all right with that. He'll be fine. He's um, probably still living off some of Linda's uh, vegetarian food. Oh, yeah. Do, not, do you know... Uh, he uh, makes enough money I out am... of sing, that his Christmas song, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, that's not, that's not even in the... I saw that. Did you read that list of how much bands make? From uh, their Christmas songs, that no. was in the that was on you know online recently. No, I missed that. Just before Christmas, and Paul McCartney's is only about fifth or sixth uh, in the how like the most. The Pogues is the most, and I looked at that list. And you're right, I looked at it and I saw how much Paul McCartney makes in a year just from that song. And that that's a good yearly salary from one song. Yeah, and and that's so, the reason why I think. He wrote that song, and I, I, I think this is right. That comes that came out of um, his album, Paul McCartney One or whatever it was. Um, uh, he, I think he cynically wrote it. Like he, he wrote that on his own. It's only him playing all that, like on a digital keyboard. It's just him, and he wrote it because he got the, the Beatles got so shafted, didn't they? By from their. Um, uh, from their label, Alan Klein. Yeah, so that they they yeah. they don't get any of the. Um, uh, I mean, like, I mean, Paul McCartney's obviously minted, but n- none of the Beatles get any royal- royalties, do they? From from what? Yeah. So um, he wrote that in order to to generate to generate like a regular income that he would have got from his royalties because he knew he he knows as an artist if you have a good Christmas song that gets played every year ad infinitum, <laughs> and so you can always earn a, a decent living from it. That's why that's why everyone has Christmas albums because. They, yeah. they are played oh, that, every year. That How much money is old Mickey Bubble, Michael Bublé made from that album? He must have made a Oh, my God. I that. mean, he doesn't ever... Yeah. I mean, that... I mean... That was the sound of a dog. I don't know if you heard that. I did, actually. Um, a, I've got a dog a in the room. shaking. We just had a shake. Um, sounded like one of Bublé's songs, The Bell. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not a mass... I do respect the fact that they do it. Quite cynically, like this will, this will sell a bit and make some money. Oh fuck it, but, do um, it! I just think for musicians, do do what you got to do. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and as comedian, it's like doing a corporate. Nobody wants to do it. We all we all do it in the knowledge that it's soul destroying and that we'll die on our asses, but we walk away with a big fat paycheck, and that's why we do it. And I think fair, do what you got to do because there's loads of stuff that you do as a as a comedian where you lose money whether it be edinburgh or as a musician where you're not making any money because everything's streamed so if you need to like you know pull out yeah, some we, piece of crap every year then <laughs> yeah we well we it. sort of moan we used to moan as comedians about what gigs and that but at least most 
gigs as the the well there sort of was and there still is a kind of circuit of gigs where you can kind of just about earn a living but musicians most of their a lot of their gigs they don't a lot of them don't pay hardly anything as well i worked in the bedford pub in south london a lot of those were free nights so it was all bands playing for nothing and then you think when they start getting paid and there's five of them it must have been getting shit all. And also not just that, once you get to a certain level, you, you need to employ people to move your shit. You need like technical people or help, you know, help people yeah. helping you with your gear or you need to take a manager with you or whatever. Whereas as a comedian, you're like, it's just you. It's just you. I mean, and also, I mean, yeah. that also can be horrific, but it is, you know. Well, that that's the thing, doing Edinburgh, but people... Uh, who go to Edinburgh think, well, why do comedians moan about Edinburgh? Going's good, but doing it is... That's one of the things I thought when I did Edinburgh one year. I thought, if this is what it's like being in a band on tour, then I can see why bands go mental and split up. Because this is bad enough on my own. If I had to do this with five five other people, I would lose my shit by now. Also, I want to challenge what you just said about going is good because I don't ever feel that going to Edinburgh is good. <laughs> I've... No, I mean as in people, audience members going. Oh, right. To Edinburgh. Oh, yeah, no, no. No, not, no, I wouldn't. No, if you're an audience member, it must be good for them. If you're a fan of comedy, that must be right, good. Right, yeah. If you're, if you're but, going, yeah, 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 sure. If you're going and... You, yeah, you were right. But... You were right to challenge me on just that. just like thinking... No. Going to Edinburgh is a horror show. Um, I think yeah. people think it's a jolly and uh, I don't think... I, don't, I just don't think people but, understand how awful it is. <laughs> I would describe it as a month of exams. Yes. That's how it feels. Yeah. That's the kind of tension it feels with posters of people better doing than better you. than you. And also with your results being... Um, Everyone, everyone knowing what your results are. <laughs> yeah, imagine having your A-level results <laughs> plastered all, results all over the Imagine having your A-level results on the Edinburgh Evening News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. But uh, do you remember in Edinburgh, have you got any band... That's a good... That's maybe a good question. Have you got any uh, music that got you through Edinburgh? Have you got any bands that you remember listening to during Edinburgh of comfort? I had one where I listened to... Um, do you know Gavin Osborne, who plays with uh, Daniel Kitson? Yeah, yeah. I I got his album. Oh, did you? Uh, just just out of interest, I got it out of. Oh, he plays with Daniel Kitson. I'm like, it's music. Even like, it's some of it's funny, but some of it is musically like really just really really good songs, and um, and that got me for an Edinburgh. I listened to that nonstop for a whole Edinburgh. Um, Arctic Monkeys' first album. That that uh, I listened to that every day during an Edinburgh. Which year was that? Uh, that would have been, I think, this two thousand five, and then two thousand six. So two thousand six, yeah. Arctic Monkeys um, doing the big value, flying on the Royal Mile with Tom Rigglesworth. Oh right. And then walking back to the flat, listening to the Arctic Monkeys. I. Yeah. Remember, I, I can't. I, I I do always listen to a lot of music when 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 um I'm in Edinburgh because I spend a lot of time uh with, in my you know if I'm walking to the venue walking, or walking about, about yeah on your walking own. about on my own with yeah. the headphones on. Also, it's a great way of not of not talking to people. Um, yeah. But there was one album that, and this is 2006. Uh, it was my first Edinburgh show. Um, and it was, bro- I think it was Broken Social Scene 
uh, that I was listening to. And I listened to that album like just all the time. And now, and that year was an absolutely horrendous year for me. It was one oh, of, the, I, like, I think say. I lost a stone in weight. It was, I, I, I just had, I was ill. I, I, I barely got an audience. It, it was just, yeah. it was just, and I was alone the whole month. And I, 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 it really broke me. And so when I hear that album now, it's like really triggering. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I feel like it's like, <laughs> God, like it takes me back to that trauma of 2006. Um, oh, but it's ruined an it's, album. Yeah, yeah. It, that there's... But but also the, the, also weirdly that album gave me a lot of comfort. I don't I don't really so I have sort of mixed feelings about it. I mean now I'm, I've, there's so much distance. I'm, I'm it's fine. But at the, but a few years later, it took me a while before I could listen to that album without remembering how, how dreadful I felt for that whole month. It was, that was yeah that was a tough month. I've still got albums like that that I can't properly listen to. It reminds me of either being dumped. Or a dumped album. Oh that was your yeah, dumped albums. Dumped. Oh god, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 but oh. that's why I think music's so great. It's like because it can really. What one great thing about music is it transports you, doesn't it? So if you're feeling down, it can transport you to a place. So you go, oh, this from this is a happy memory. This music reminds me of something really happy. But also, if you are wanting to indulge that sort of, oh, I feel down, and I really want to indulge that and be really sort of kind of, you know. I don't know. I don't want to self-flagellate yeah. or um, music can really wallow yeah, in it. Really, really be yeah. self-indulgent. Then you can. There, are, I love that you can listen to an album that you haven't listened to for about fourteen years and be like, oh yeah, this really reminds me of when I. <laughs> and quite and yeah. quite enjoy that in a different way. It's quite cathartic. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know why I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think about them anymore. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of them. Um, I for a good yeah for a good while I was really got into Elliot Smith. Oh God! Oh my That's Lord! That's actually Elliot Smith is one of the uh, uh, guys that my brother, one of my brothers, loved. He loved Elliot Smith. He had about three of his albums, and I just you Elliot Smith is everything I should love because he's kind yeah. of quite sort of lo-fi. He's quite depressed. <laughs> his music's quite downbeat. Um, I just could, I could never get into Elliot Smith. I don't know why. Just, it just oh, never spoke I, to me. That's fair enough. I understand what but, you mean. But, I, um, I, got, I got into it, and but it got to the point where my wife said, you, you need to stop playing this. Because, I mean... Because she was like, why, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. Because some of it is so wallowing. And and it until she said that, I didn't even realise. And then I sort of started listening to it like, yeah, every now and again this is all right, but I'm playing this all day, every day, for weeks on end. This can't be good. It... it for myself every now and again fine but yeah you can't have that he, over a long period it's going to affect your mood definitely i mean he's objectively a brilliant artist but subjectively a downer <laughs> upsetting <laughs> um a downer uh good review but um I'll tell, I'll tell you a question I always ask we could we could end on this um that i haven't asked that i'd be interested for you because I usually ask what music you remember listening because I imagine mainly it was your brothers you remember listening to their music was in the house a lot but uh, usually you ask what your parents were into and where, where's your mum from again? Spain. Oh yeah so because you do 
on stage you do a, a bloody brilliant impression. <laughs> I love impress. I love it when people do impressions of their own parents. I don't know what it is when a, a brilliant, brilliant comedian does an impression of their parents. It makes you laugh like a child, like we're, like your two kids laughing at your parents together. Yeah, that kind of it, laughter. And when you do that impression of your mum, it makes me laugh like a little kid going. Ha, ha, she doesn't <laughs> find out about this. <laughs> And um, I love it. Yeah. But I'd be interested to know what 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 did she what kind of stuff did she listen to? Do you um, remember? She listened to a lot of ABBA when I was a kid. <laughs> she loved ABBA, uh, and she would sing along to ABBA very 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 loudly. And other band that I know that she loved listening to. This is stuff I can remember. I mean, I'm sure she had it. Yeah listen to other stuff but this is the only stuff that i can remember she liked the mummers and the puppers oh I like that. and she liked the beatles and Good um so but but the definitely abba was the one that i remember her playing the most and there was often like, then she'd play there's lots of spanish music that my mum listened to which was quite sort of old school spanish which as children we hated because it was it just to us sounded awful but it i can't weird, wouldn't it as a kid i can't tell you and i can't tell you exactly what that was oh and and she loved um, maria callas as well so she used to listen to maria callas a lot she had one tape of her um that that she would listen to and my dad had a Bob Dylan album that I he had Bob Dylan oh and Cat Stevens both my parents like Cat Stevens so it's Bob Dylan and my mum liked Don McLean as well so Don McLean and Neil Diamond that sort of stuff that's what that's what was in the house so um but there was a Bob Dylan album uh that my dad had on tape and he also had it on vinyl uh Nashville Skyline and it was his pre-electric album and i loved that yeah. i really and i used to i used to listen to that and cat stevens and the beatles quite a lot before i sort of was listening to my own music i just because i was just listening to whatever tapes we had in the house yeah oh that's a good mix it's a cracking mix to get you to get you started <laughs> and then from that nirvana uh, <laughs> and then the the unstoppable sex yeah, man unstoppable sex man yeah i let, just to be clear i never listened to the unstoppable sex man no, no, no! I would never lump you good, in with that. Good God, no! But, uh, but if uh, just one last thing, then if there was a band that uh, that is there a band that you wish that you got into at the time that you were there at the time as they were big? Is there a band that you still hear and go, "Oh, that would have been good to be that age when they came out"? Like I'd have loved to have been your age when the Stone Roses came out. Oh, the Stone Roses were just a bit before me. Uh, like the Smiths or anything like that that you go. Oh, well, I probably would have. I mean, I'm so there's, the the Smiths. I've sort of I, I abandoned um, uh, about ten years ago after Morrissey started saying some really sort of awful things out loud, and I just you've got to separate the people from. I the know. Music. I, do you know what? And mostly, I absolutely can. I really can. But I've really struggled with Morrissey. I, I always have had a, a love hate thing with Morrissey. And it's just now very much in the hate camp. Um, he, I always, I always thought he was quite problematic 
years ago uh, in the 90s I, I found him difficult uh, to, to oh, like right. and now I you just, saw the signs early doors. I just think he's obnoxious I just think his views around race and his views of what it means to be British is just uh, alien to me also he doesn't even live in this country so he can go fuck off but um, yeah. I do really really love the Smiths and I would have loved to see the Smiths but uh, now I, I, I feel more indifferent uh, to, to, to them yeah. I'm just trying to think I think I would have loved to have seen, I don't know. I would have loved to have seen Bowie um, at any point oh, yeah. in his career. Um, I, I never saw Bowie live, and I would have really loved to see um, Prince. I never saw Prince live either. Um, they were they were two people that I thought I'll I'll get to see them at some point, you know. And then I never did, yeah, and now I, I feel mean. like uh, I'm going to be less flippant about going to see people I really want to go and see because once once the people that you've that have just been the music that you love and you're just going to uh, eventually I'll get there you know you can't really take yeah. it for granted so I definitely try and go and see the people that I really love like I missed out on seeing Kate Bush when she was playing at in at the Apollo because I got offered a ticket but I also got offered a corporate gig <laughs> and <laughs> so I sold my ticket and went to the corporate gig and now I'm kind of regret it even though it's difficult because yeah. you need the money, isn't it? You know, but yeah. that's something that I'll never have is is that that everyone's like that Kate Bush, um, those nights at the Apollo were amazing. And I kind of regret that I sold my ticket to, to go and to go and not make a group of fifty something year old builders not laugh in a hotel in West Sussex. Oh, I God, died that's... in my hole. So. It's, that's such a weird thing hearing that I kind of completely agree with you for doing the corporate <laughs> I think I would have I think I can't think of that's a good question from now on what band would make you pull a corporate what, I mean what gig what, what gig would make you pull a corporate I, I, um, I think there's there's got to be a gig that you would say to you that you have to say if this is my one my one chance to see this incredible band or this incredible artist I'm gonna swerve that big chunk of money to go and invest and just yeah. really but then that puts a lot of pressure on that gig <laughs> yeah yeah but I think at the moment we would be happy to see fucking any gig I just someone being at a bus. I am so excited to see a, a band live I'm, I mean I'll literally yeah. go and see anyone I'll go and see the car to the unstoppable sex machine that's where I'm at <laughs> <laughs> well, what what a good place to end. Uh, let's find out when they're playing. And uh, after this, me and you are going full T-shirts. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Jed. It's been bloody brilliant talking Thanks, to mate. you. But uh, I turn this down, me saying wrapping up, right, so they can't hear, and then just sit in the room talking to yourself for a while pretending you're still doing a podcast you could probably get another half an hour on okay your own. i'm gonna do that no one's gonna know my screen's black so it looks like i could be i could just keep yabbering away to myself yeah i'm gonna do the same <laughs> all right <laughs> all right love bye <laughs> Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.